All right, welcome back to another episode of Cibolo Tomorrow. In today's episode, we are talking about transportation and mobility. I'm your host, Ryan Short with Civic Brand, and super excited to have several guests joining me today. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, Councilwoman Cunningham. I'm Katie Cunningham. I represent District 4. And Councilman Roberts. I'm Randy Roberts, and I represent District 2, City of Cibolo. And Mr. Reed. Hi, I'm Wayne Reed. I'm the city manager. And Ignacio. Uh, Ignacio Mejia, and I'm with uh, Kimberly Horn, the consultant with the background in urban design and planning. So, Councilman Roberts, I'll direct this first question at you. Um, you know, how does transportation and mobility planning fit into the broader framework of a comprehensive plan? Well, it's, you know, as we develop our land use maps and, and determine where we would like to see growth occur and, and happen, we have to have the arterial roads to serve that. There's, there's, you can't have an industrial park with no way to get to it. Uh, obviously, a lot of our growth potential is on Interstate 10. We have probably, what, 13 miles? Of roughly running, seven. Roughly seven miles that we only have two lane roads to get to from the heart of Cibolo. And, and Things like this, are, and, and the more we do land use and put in more subdivisions and higher-end subdivisions, we need the road infrastructure to support that. Mr. Roberts, I'd, I'd add your point is spot on, and really that, that really reinforces the city's desire to have strong economic development. So that industrial park that you mentioned, without us having the road infrastructure to allow the traffic and the modes of vehicles that would be going in and out of those, um, developers and large businesses won't make that investment if we're not willing to put the transportation network in place. Absolutely. We have to partner with them to, they have to have accessibility and we're the ones that provide that. Just a, a quick follow-up on that, Mr. Reed, you were kind of talking about, you know, the role that plays with developers and how much of that is just showing them that you have the plan in place for that growth and, and to support it versus, you know, in certain instances, I imagine you have to actually get ahead of that and, and sort of, you know, the road has to come first. And so I guess how much of that is like kind of a chicken or the egg situation where, you know, you have to put the infrastructure in place to support the land use versus, you put the roads in place to attract the land use you want. Does that make sense? It does. And I think the this city council has talked about being intentional on where their five-year capital improvement program is investing dollars in a multitude of public uh, assets. But when it comes to transportation, uh, they're making improvements to roads all around the city, including areas that are rural today. And I think that intentionality speaks to your question that is where there's the opportunity for us to be ahead of development it's where council finds that it would have the greatest impact and that could be for economic development purposes businesses it could be for residents as well i think too along with that one of the things we always have to keep in mind in civil law is funding of these projects we can have a million roads that we'd like to put in or maintain but the cost of those roads is just not something that we can realistically pay for all at once or even over a 10-year span. So having a transportation plan as a part of the comprehensive plan lets us draw where those roads that we would like to see long-term, it lets us put those on the map. And then as developers come in, they can integrate those roads into their development. 
So if we don't put them in first, we can have that be a part of the development agreement with the developer or have it part of a public infrastructure agreement with the developer where they're helping contribute to those roads that we on our own could not afford to put in as quickly. Right. And Councilwoman Cunningham, you, you alluded to, you know, cost is, is obviously one consideration and challenge, but I guess what are other key considerations and challenges that Cibolo might be facing when it comes to developing a transportation or mobility strategy? Growth is always something that we're also going to have to look at. We have had a period in the early 2000s of really explosive growth. And although the growth has slowed down, it hasn't stopped. And so we need to be prepared for that. South of 78 is still very rural. There's lots of opportunity for development there, both within city limits and within the extraterritorial jurisdiction or the ETJ that is south of 78. So we need to be able to prepare for that as well. We have some hubs that are, I believe we're including in our comprehensive plan. We have an industrial area that's developing off of I-10 that we do need to consider. Um, the heavy traffic, that the actual weight of the traffic and the vehicles that are coming from those facilities on our country, sort of two lane roads, mostly one and a half lane is just not sustainable. Those roads cannot handle that weight. Um, I know that I-35 to I-10 will, a, a connection between the two has been discussed for years. Uh, we will need something that helps us have better connectivity between there. I know there's a toll road that was proposed years ago that was not the proper channel for that, but that is something that we will need to pay, to pay attention to and plan for in the future, um, even if it's just in our future thoroughfare plan. Um, environment, flooding, low water crossing, drainage, all of those are also very big considerations, specifically south of 78, where there isn't as much development right now. Um, other considerations would be our current facilities, this, the current condition of our roads, trails, sidewalks, and maintenance on those. We have a lot of road miles that Cibolo is, is responsible for maintaining. Our budget, when Mr. Reed first started with the city, was only $150,000 a year for road maintenance, which is just not remotely adequate for what we need. Our goal is to get up to about $4 million a year for road maintenance. We have included this in our council strategic plan and over the last two years have raised it to 500000 So we are making progress there. But as we look forward to not just maintaining the roads we have, but adding new roads, those new roads will also need to be on that maintenance rotation. We've been working with Union Pacific to try to have safe crossings. Um, we have one crossing in particular where semi trucks get stuck very frequently that needs to be addressed. And then I already mentioned fund, funding and timing. Can't do it all at once. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned the, um, you know, the maintenance of existing roads, because that is such a huge cost that I think, you know, isn't always front of mind. It isn't always considered, you know, a lot of times we're thinking about where do we want to add roads? Where do you want to add lanes? But um, there's a lot of cost and work just in maintaining what you already have. And so I think that is Great that you brought that up. Um, Ignacio, I'm curious from, from your standpoint, you know, I think cars and, and, and vehicular traffic is kind of what immediately comes to mind when we start talking about transportation, but we're talking about all types of transportation mobility, right? And so what are the different types of mobility and transportation methods that need to be considered in a plan like this? 
Uh, yes. Um, at this uh, visioning phase of the comprehensive plan, um, uh, the community really needs to consider all modes of transportation uh, from vehicular, pedestrian, and bikes. Um, the thoroughfare plan should consider context-sensitive cross-section solutions for vehicular roadways, uh, bike lanes, and shared-use paths, and, and really consider the sidewalks. And what context-sensitive entails is really incorporating some of those safety uh, features such as lighting, um, uh, trees, uh, sidewalks, which you know we've been hearing that are much needed, and uh, similar to what's already been implemented on the North Main Street. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned the trees because I think that's such an interesting thing. Of you know, you know, it, obviously it's it's summer right now. It gets very hot, and so if there is a, a pedestrian area where people are expected to walk, you know. Is there shade? How hot is that? Those are all, you know, things that might not be top of mind when you think about transportation and mobility, but they are elements that the planning team will be looking at. Um, Mr. Reed, what are some of the, the just whether it's emerging trends or just different approaches in transportation and mobility planning that that are relevant to Cibolo? I, I think there's at least three that we need to pay attention to as we grow from a community of 32,000 in 2020 to a city of 50,000 in the very near future. First, I think tran transit service, uh, while there's not an alternative transit system that serves the general public of Cibolo at this time with regular service, the Alamo Regional Transit, known as ART, does serve Guadalupe County, which includes Cibolo, of course. Right now, it only serves senior citizens, low-income families, persons with disabilities and veterans. As we become a larger sub suburb, we'll need to look at, is there a need for transit services for youth, for stay-at-home individuals, and so forth? I think that's something we need to plan for in our comprehensive plan. There's also taxi and ride sharing. There are several taxi and ride sharing alternatives for residents and visitors. Um, some suburbs are exploring with providing a paid-for uh, ride-sharing program where for a minimal cost to the city, households can have access to those ride-sharing services starting in a location inside the city limits and ending at a location inside the city limits. Sometimes those partnerships are for certain destinations. So it could be to a grocery store, to a medical facility, or to a school, or to a community center. I think that's something we should pay attention to as well. And the third thing I'm thinking about is electric charging stations. I know the city council has actually talked a great deal about adding some electric charging stations in our downtown, but we all know that the use of electric vehicles will continue to grow. The demand for commercial and or workplace charges chargers will continue to grow as a result. And so I think we need to look at those three items in this comprehensive plan um, and hopefully have some strategies to address them. Yeah, it's it's interesting because these you know these comprehensive plans these are pretty we're looking pretty far out right like what what is the horizon timeline on on the Cibolo tomorrow plan is it twenty years or it's twenty years out to twenty forty yeah and so I think it's I mean it's amazing just I think how much you know um, you know the electric vehicles and even the the self driving cars have evolved just in the last five years it's it's going to be very interesting what that looks like. Um, in 20 years. And so, um, you know, definitely an interesting challenge to how do you think about and get ahead of some of those those concepts. So in addition to transit service, taxi and ride sharing and electric charging stations, 
I know that the city's also committed to expanding on our trails and bicycle facilities. And by that, I mean our off-street trail system. Right now, city council's made it uh, a goal that this year we break ground on a new two-mile extension of what we refer to as the Town Creek Trail. And while two miles in the scheme of our overall transportation network is small because we currently have approximately 400 lane miles, we you only achieve a goal incrementally. And so adding two lane miles, or excuse me, two miles of trails in the next one year on top of what we already have is a great step forward to providing our residents with trails that can get them from a neighborhood to a commercial center or to a neighborhood to our downtown. So I think that's something else that we need to focus on with this comprehensive plan update. Yeah, absolutely. Those 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 smaller portals and neighborhood connections, um, you know, even the even the other items like the, you know, transportation that you mentioned, those are so important as, you know, also just for residents as they age in place and their needs change, you know. Um, there's people that are driving today that probably plan to stay in Cibolo the rest of their lives, but, you know, in 10 years, 15 years, they may no longer be able to drive. And so, um, you know, all of this has to be considered in conjunction with housing strategies and all of those things. And Councilwoman Cunningham, I'm curious, you know, we just talked about all the considerations and challenges and all the different types of mobility. You know, how does Cibolo balance the needs of all those different modes of transportations? Um, Like, how do you balance all of that as you plan for your future? I think it's having open communication um, with residents and kind of reevaluating those needs. Although this is a comprehensive plan for 20 years, hoping to get us to 2040, we know that things change. There's a lot of unexpected things that come up in in government and cities that we cannot plan for. Um, We can follow our plan as best as possible, but we do have to kind of adjust as we move. But within our plan, I think that keeping the residents that we serve at the forefront is really important. And that can include, as Mr. Reed mentioned, adding trails and expanding our trail system for families and for residents who want to go outside and enjoy our community. The trails that we just recently added at the park near HEB are concrete, and they're actually a little bit wider than our other trails within the city. So that allows for kids who ride bikes or ride scooters to not run over all of the pedestrians out there enjoying their walk. Um, In addition, I think looking at ADA accessibility for people with disabilities or people on motorized scooters is something that we need to look at. We've got two senior um, facilities, apartment complexes that have residents who do use those devices frequently and they want to travel around and be able to get to Walmart and to the shops downtown and looking at those pedestrian crossings, the sidewalks that are available there, uh, safety features that we can put into place to help with that. I think, too, some of the things that we've been addressing recently and council has brought up is within development, the development itself, looking at how pedestrian-friendly are those developments, how vehicle-friendly are those developments. If the roads are made too narrow in a neighborhood and you have on-street parking, how can safety vehicles get up and down those roads safely. If the driveways are too short to fit a pickup truck, then you've got a pickup truck who's just trying to park at home, but is overhanging into the sidewalk area and blocks the sidewalk. So we need to look at not just our plan, but once we establish that plan, look at the rules and regulations and code that we have in place and make sure that the plan that we are, that we're trying to move forward with is actually sustainable within the codes and rules that we have in place. Just make them match. 
Absolutely. And Ignacio, kind of a little bit going further on that that idea of balance, um, you know, I guess you guys work on on these types of plans in, in all different size cities and, you know, throughout the, the region. How do you balance from a planning side? How do you balance that goal of, you know, simply moving traffic more efficiently and quicker so there's not congestion and backups, balancing that with safety and also creating, you know, places that aren't just car dominated, but creating those like pedestrian places and places that have a sense of place. How do you balance that? Right. It's, it's really just also um, as, as these, uh, I, I mentioned context sensitive um, uh, solutions, it's really just enhancing some of these key intersections, uh, whether we're identifying through different paving these intersections, but also at an operations level, just coordinating these priority signals where you're trying to uh, move traffic um, or or even just doing, you know, basic things to such push buttons for um, ADA and accessibility to give the priority to the pedestrians for uh, crossings. Yeah, and I think, Councilwoman Cunningham, you touched on this a little bit when you were talking about some of the challenges, I believe, but do you mind just speaking uh, a little more to, I mean, the, the city of Cibolo does not con- necessarily control every road, right? There are there's state roads and TxDOT roads. And so can you speak a little bit to some of the like challenges or just things that have to be considered in working with, you know, different agencies for that? Yes. Yeah, so our two major roads within Cibolo that go north-south are Cibolo Valley Drive, which is a city-owned road, and also FM 1103. We partnered with TxDOT several years ago on an expansion project of 1103, Phase one would go from I-35 down to Steele High School. And phase two was recently approved that would go from Steele High School all the way down to 78, completing that length of road. We have, as residents are very aware of, we've ran into several delays that have caused that project to just drag on and on. So building those relationships with the partners that we work with, TxDOT is responsible for 1103, but we also have a lot of county roads that run up to Cibolo city limits where we split the road. They may have it up to the city limit sign, and then we have to maintain it after that. It's maintaining those relationships, coming up with plans together, and being a partner with those agencies that are maintaining those roads. TxDOT doesn't live here in Cibolo. We do. And so they don't drive these roads every day. If they aren't aware of the condition or of issues with the roads, then we need to be good partners and let them know of those and come up with solutions that benefit both. And if I could add to that, um, we also need to demonstrate through tra- travel demand on, on some of these thoroughfares and really get these plans in front of the uh, Metropolitan Planning Organization, the MPO for the area, because once if these plans don't really get incorporated into, you know, the thoroughfare, that's another key uh, partner that needs to be informed so that that they can plan for these and and start the implementation. That data collection is really key. Um, We have had a long period of time in our history where we didn't do traffic counts frequently. And so kind of justifying the need for a road, you can say, well, we have all these people. Well, where's the data to prove that? Data is very powerful and it's a great tool for us to get grant funding for the things that are city owned. And then it's also a tool to take to that metropolitan planning organization to say, look, this is the traffic count on this road. It was designed for this other traffic count. We need help. And it's, it's the one thing that we can do on a, on our own timeline to really justify our need. 
Yeah, I think that's great. And I know that, uh, you know, the public engagement part of this, of Cibolo Tomorrow has been a really important piece of this. Um, but public engagement isn't just about asking questions and listening. It's also kind of a two-way street and about educating. And so I think it is good for the public also to to hear some of this and understand that there are these different agencies and entities and all these different challenges. Because I know, you know, projects we work on, we always hear people say, why doesn't the city just do X, you know? And sometimes those things are in control of the city, but sometimes they're not, you know, and it, it relies on TxDOT or other partners. And so I think that's really valuable. Well, yeah, so I think that's, you know, across all these questions, you guys touched on so many different things and it is, it is, you know, obviously it's called a comprehensive plan. These things are intended to be very comprehensive and there's so many things to consider. Um, and so I appreciate y'all's time and expertise to come on and, and talk about it. And um, I'm excited to see what comes with Cibolo tomorrow. Thanks guys. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan.